Hello and welcome to the Dub D Dub Review. I'm your host, Chris Malik, and I'm joined by my co-host, Peter Panacorvo. How you doing, big guy? Good, Chris. How about you? Doing good. So, Pete, today is going to be episode one, Rogue 52, or episode 52, Rogue One. Which one you like better? I'm thinking 52, Rogue One. <laughs> I've already confused everybody. All right, so... Before we even start, let's just get this out there. This is going to be our review and discussion of Rogue One. So it's obviously going to contain some spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, we would advise you... Go see it and then listen. Yes, exactly. Not stop listening. Uh, you could pause us. Go see it and then listen to us. So um, so before we get into that, big guy, you've got to be pretty excited, huh? I am. I've got, uh, let's see, a grand total of 13 days until I get to go to our favorite place. The Golden Corral? Um, there's a Golden Horseshoe. <laughs> All right. So r- remind me. I, I don't know if it's in the Corral, but yeah, I guess. Why not? Give me give me your details. Tell tell me again. Let's let's remind everyone where you're going and what you're doing. I'm going to Disney World for my fortieth birthday. Fortieth birthday, and you're staying where? Polynesian, How which many? I'm completely psyched about. Who couldn't be? Like that's that has to be on everyone's bucket list at least one time in your life. You know, it's on my bucket list, and I, I, honestly, I can't figure out how I'm going to get enough points to stay at the Polynesian. But Polynesian, and then the other my other. Two bucket resorts are um, Boardwalk and Contemporary. Hmm. Well, the Boardwalk, Pete, the Boardwalk, there might be a f- further trip down the line. Maybe uh, maybe I record a couple, ro- uh, reserve a couple rooms in the DVC. You bring Missy, I bring the family. We combine a vacation. It'd be kind of cool, huh? It'd be awesome. It would be awesome. How many days are you staying at the Poly? Uh, six nights, seven days. We oh. get there on Sunday and we come back on uh, the following Saturday. All right. So let me just hijack the show then for one second. Give me what you're most excited about and tell me kind of like what you're nervous about. What, what, do you, what, do you, what are you kind of concerned about going into this? Because there's always something that concerns me before I leave a vacation. Um, my biggest concern right now is nothing to do with the trip. Mm-hmm. But as far as the trip itself goes... I haven't had an annual pass before, so it's that's something I am trying to wrap my head around and figure out how I got to do certain things with that. Okay. But other than that, I mean, I've been enough times where I'm pretty comfortable with with everything I got going on for that that side of it. As far as what I'm excited to do, um, I keep going back and forth on doing keys to the kingdom uh every like every day i'm you know i'm gonna do it i'm not gonna do it. i'm gonna do it i'm not gonna do it so it's it's tough to put that take that five hours out and just say all right i'm doing it yeah well pete you don't seem to get back as often as you know people that we talk to you know on facebook and twitter so you seem to go maybe every once a year once every other year and even further than that but now you got the ap so you're gonna go more at least this next coming 12 months uh yeah x 2017 we've got at least one other trip if not two 
Hmm. We're not sure how long those trips will be, but well, I'll, I'll be down there at least one more time this year. Don't be afraid, though, man. Don't be afraid to have that really cool experience. You know, I, I know it costs money, and you feel like you're probably taking time out of your day that you could be doing something else with, but it costs that much because it's a special, unique opportunity. You know, so yeah, it'd be pretty, and, pretty cool. I mean, I do get a, a discount for being an AP holder, and then I'm also a, a Disney Visa card holder, so you know, I get a discount for that too. So, depending on which discount's better is the one I'd use, obviously. But hmm. Cool. Well, I'm excited for you. I know you'll be, uh, you know, reporting back, and you're going to meet some people there, you know, and see how that works out. And yeah. We'll go from there. So, let's dig into it. Let's go right into Rogue One. All right, buddy? Sounds good. All right. So, here are my questions for you. Well, first off, just give me, give me like, your, your two-minute Cliff Notes version of of the movie, can you give us a summary? Basically, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah, it's it's the story of how the rebellion got the original plans for the Death Star that you saw <clears throat> Princess Leia put in R2D2 at the very beginning of Episode Four: A New Hope. Okay, so it's kind of like the backstory. It really, you know, it fits in before New Hope. It's it's um. Well, that's a question I've wanted. So, so what do you think about them releasing movies in a nonlinear fashion, kind of jumping back and forth and back and forth? What do you think about that? That storytelling I'm, technique. I'm fine with it, actually. Like, I know. Uh, what was it? The uh, Quentin Tarantino movie with John Travolta and Samuel Jackson. Pulp Fiction. Yes. Okay. Thank you. That movie jumps all over the place, too. True. A lot of people had an issue like following that. I I actually found it to be kind of refreshing to not be in a linear thing, beginning, middle, end. That was more end, mid, beginning, middle. So I kind of I liked it. Okay. I, I guess I don't have a thought one way or another. It, it, you know, despite the playful interaction we have about the Guardians and Star Wars and whatnot. I am mm-hmm. a, I am a Star Wars fan, and you and I are a very similar age, so, heck, I mean, my older brother, I have two brothers, but my older brother was a huge Star Wars fan and still is, so I kind of grew up with those movies much like you, you know? So, yeah. I, I'm able to go and sit through any Star Wars, and I think one of the coolest parts about this movie is, even though where it takes place in the Star Wars timetable... It could be viewed and enjoyed as a standalone movie as well, too. And my reference point is that when I went to go see the movie, we went... It was a couple days after Christmas, and my older brother, my twins, my two nephews, and my mom... (laughs) My my mom decided to come see the movie, too. And I was like, oh, man, she's going to be lost. She won't understand what's going on. And I think my mom actually enjoyed it. Um, So it could be saw... It could be seen as a standalone movie, you know. So, well, that's really what it's meant to be, though. I mean, if you've never seen Star Wars, the original trilogy, when I say that, because mm-hmm. those first three were, yeah, they don't, whatever. Um, <laughs> you can't just follow them. I, they exist. Yeah, I can. They exist. I no, they don't. <laughs> They're horrible. Well, 
Okay, at the time, you probably didn't think they were horrible at the time. Actually, I did. Did you really? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really like them at all. Really? See, I I, I actually kind of like them. I, I mean, they're they're fun to watch. It's not like they're going to be hailed as the greatest. You you, you know, uh, foretelling. You know, you know, you know, you know, prequels in history, but. They're enjoyable. I will say I was annoyed by the very, very young Anakin Skywalker and, you know, uh, essentially with the one with Darth Maul. But, uh, yeah, you know, I actually thought that 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 Ian McGregor actually played a good Ben Kenobi. So I'm probably the only person. Now, you know that. what? I, I agree with you with that. OK. And I know he has actually gone on record saying he would love to do an Obi-Wan movie, a standalone. There's so much to be said and told in his character, isn't there? And I agree. I mean, what happened between the end of episode three and New Hope? What, mm-hmm. Where was Ben and all that? What happened? Sure. Sure. So, so um, where did you see it? When did you see it, buddy? I saw it at the Century Theater in Bloomingdale. Okay. And it's a... Pretty recently redone movie theater in Stratford Square Mall. It's the local a local mall mm-hmm. for us. I mean, you know that, but mm-hmm. not everybody does. Um, Missy and I saw it. We saw it in standard. We did not see it in 3D. Um, I'm not sure how much 3D would have really helped the movie. I don't think it was really a necessary thing to see it in 3D. Because I, I thoroughly enjoyed it in the standard form. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and honestly, I was surprised we did not have a very full theater at all. Well, you saw it late, right? I did. I saw it about a week and about, about 10 days ago. Okay. I remember your post on Facebook, and your words were... I finally. Think, finally, that's it. You just put finally. So I, I admit, I was kind of surprised because... You know, I know a lot of Star Wars fans, uh, you know, listen to the show. Heck, all, a lot of our friends are Star Wars fans. But you're one of the biggest. So I was kind of surprised you weren't one of the guys that would go and see it the day of or, or the day afterwards. So, but um, I, I get that too as well. I'm not a good my life person. Doesn't, my life doesn't really allow for a lot of going to the movies. And when I do get a chance to go, we will go. But it has to be something we're both really interested in seeing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, there hasn't been a whole ton of that out lately. So, and in case you guys don't know, Pete is an EMT, and Pete's got some of the craziest work schedules you'll ever know about. So he might be on for twenty-four or longer. You know, thirty-six. Yeah, actually, I have a thirty-six starting seven o'clock tomorrow morning. So, so yeah, no, I get that too as well, my friend. So, um, all right. So the story starts off where we see a young Jin Urso, uh, kind of running in because. It looks like his name is Director Krennic, or Orson Krennic, is coming down with some black stormtroopers. Are those called death troopers, Pete? Is that yes, the they are. Right. Those are the death troopers. And they're trying to go and claim. Uh, they're trying to claim the um, cripes, uh, Galen Urso, who is Maz, Mads Mikkelsen, and bring him back to work on construction of the Death Star. And that's where the story starts off. So we've got a very young Jinner, so we're not going to go piece by piece here, but but what was your thoughts of seeing these first characters, and what was your thoughts of the story opening? Like, like what struck you as something you liked with the initial part of the movie? What was something you didn't like? Um, 
You know, it's honestly, I I was vaguely interested in like the first 20 minutes or so. Then I started to get a little more into it. And like the last 30 to 40 minutes of it, I was, I was involved. Mm -hmm. That first like, like 15, 20 minutes though, I really was like, okay, let's, Let's move. Let's let's go. It was a move slow, along. Move it along. It was a slow starter, wasn't it, buddy? It was. Yeah. Um, I did. I, it was kind of weird. You see, um, Saul Guerrero mm-hmm. very early on, and then you don't see him again for quite a while. As much as you heard him in the trailers, mm-hmm. which uh, is played by. Forrest Whitaker, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. I'm really bad with actors' names, so. Well, Pete, For, I'm not, forgive I'm not, me. <laughs> I'm not any better than you, but I, I literally have IMDb up right now, just so I don't make a mistake. So yeah, no, I get that too. So. But I mean, you heard Forrest Whitaker's character throughout. I think almost all the trailers. Mm-hmm. But yet, he really has very little screen time at all. I would I would go so far as to say he's probably the biggest star of the movie. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, the biggest name, um, public name. Yeah, you know, as far as like a name actor, absolutely. Yeah. So here here was my interesting take, or I guess it's probably only interesting to me. I was kind of put off not seeing the scroll. You know, I I, I know that there wasn't going to be one, but the fact that we actually saw the Rogue One title credit come in at about 10 minutes into the movie, 7 minutes into the movie, as opposed to the scroll, which I'm used to seeing initially. Um, that was something that kind of took me out of my Star Wars element. And though I'm probably going to say his name wrong, the, the musical director was Michael Giacchino, Giacchino. And he's done a lot of movies before. He's done a lot of video games. Um, the original PlayStation ver- version of Medal of Honor was where I first heard him. The fact that they only had snippets of the famous Star Wars score as opposed to very familiar music it kind of took me out of the Star Wars I I had to put the pieces together as opposed to just spitting it out right in front of you so it it didn't have the initial feel of a Star Wars movie you know at least that's my my impression yeah I I actually didn't mind not having the scroll especially knowing going in that they weren't doing one for this film Mm -hmm. um and honestly, because this wasn't one of the saga films, mm-hmm. I think it was a good way to help differentiate the two. Okay. Because the scroll is always there on the saga film. You know, it was there in New Hope, it was there in Empire, it was there in Jedi, it was there in Awakens. But I do think this... I mean, it's it's very difficult for a person to say this is a saga film, this is not. I know it was created to not be, but, I mean, it fits in the structure if you plop it in where it needs to be. I mean, it's very difficult to say this is, this isn't. So, But just based on the fact that I knew I was seeing a Star Wars film, that was the only thing. Um, now, the character who played, you know, essentially who is the... Oh, well, I don't want to say the bad guy, but the main evil character, his name was... Um, Orson Krennic, it's director Krennic, the gentleman who actually kind of initiates and creates the Death Star. Um, his name is Ben Mendelsohn. What do you think about his role? I think he played it pretty well. Yeah. He he, plays- I mean, he literally, he came across as a sociopath. Like, 
He doesn't care what he has to do. He just wants to end lives. He plays a really good villain in a lot of movies. He plays the villain in um, in The Dark Knight as well, too, with uh, with Bane. Um, you know, uh, uh, the Batman movie. The kind of the financier. The person who tries to take over. Mm-hmm. So he plays that sleazy, smallish villain character really well. So I thought he played this role pretty good. So he was one of my he was one of my highlights. If I had to say there was a favorite character, he might have been it in the movie. Um, but see, no, I liked the blind guy. You liked the who? The blind, the blind, uh... the the blind Jedi guardian, more or less. Yes, correct. Yeah. So I probably would butcher his name. His name is Donnie Yen in real life, but Cherit Imwe is his real uh, his character name. So. Yeah, he played a good role as well, too. But let's go with villains here for a second. And I want to get you, get your thoughts on this. The CGI, mm-hmm. the, the Peter Cushing character, the Tarkin character. I think the way that they had him shadowed, and he wasn't always... he was, As long as he wasn't in a bright light, that looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. The couple of times that I could... was very noticeable, the CGI is when he had a direct light in his face and you could see it very clearly. What wasn't right about it? Because I agree with you. What What did you pick out that just wasn't quite human-like right now? It was, I, I think it was um, some of the skin tone mm-hmm. when he was speaking didn't change. Like when your jaw moves, you you develop shadows on your face in different areas. And I think part of it was that if you looked in his in his cheeks and in his his jaw as he spoke, a lot of times the coloring never changed, it never dimmed, you never had any of that that shadowing effect occur. Mm-hmm. And I, other than that, I think they did an outstanding job with him. I was much more disappointed in how they did. The CGI for Princess Leia at the end of it, though. Okay, so you know I did a, a brief amount of research on this, and it looks like there are a bunch of people who either say he was fantastic, she was garbage, or she was fantastic. I wasn't quite thrilled with him, but I might be in the same boat as you. I really wasn't too pleased with Leia, and I can't say I was that pleased with. Peter Cushing's character as well. But I will say that if believability was from 0 to 10 as far as being a human, he probably was an 8 eight in my mind. You're right. Something about the skin texture and the way he kind of moved. I mean, yes, it looked like Peter Cushing. Yes, it sounded like Peter Cushing. But there was just something that reminded me of I was seeing a human being portrayed like in the Brendan Fraser The Mummy movie where it just quite didn't look right. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said... For someone that was dead 30 years, he did a pretty dang good job, though. Y- you made a great point. I was laughing at your post for like uh, you know, for like, like an hour. That he got more airtime as, a, as dead a dead man than he ever got as a live man. So, oh, yeah. So, as I understand the story, so they approached his family and asked if they could use the character. And despite the fact that most people be protective, the family was eager to have actually his character be used in the Star Wars movie. So 
Um, and I think they, they, they portrayed him okay. Like, they didn't do any disrespect to Peter Cushing's estate. No, I don't think so at all. I so, think they, they did a very nice job for him. Um, so here's the question that I've got for you, my friend. So, you know, a character is only successful at a certain time period in his life when he can represent that character. But holy cow, does this bring upon a million questions as far as Hollywood goes? Is that really, Pete, if you were a Hollywood superstar, your career goes on indefinitely from this point forward. I mean, it's entirely conceivable that they film a character in a number of different ways for a number of different hours, and they might even get voice recordings. Your movie career could go on for hundreds of years after your death at this point. So it's almost more important for your family to have an agent represent your digital image more important than your actual physical image when you're alive and acting. And I was telling my wife this morning, it's entirely possible. Well, no, because it didn't exist, but they could make a new suspense thriller today starring Marilyn Monroe, James Dean, and Elvis Presley with an entirely new script. And it's not like the voices couldn't be hard to reproduce. As we've seen on YouTube, like characters can reproduce like Disney songs, like in a heartbeat. You've seen that one guy that does like 30 characters in like a... Brian Hall. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. It's like he's spot on, you know? Yeah, he's fantastic. Or like a Robin Williams character, you know, God rest his soul. You could make an entirely new comedy and capture his essence because it's him being filmed. How insane is that to think about that you dead, your, your career is not over. As a matter of fact, you might produce movies for the next 50 years. Is that nuts? I think, I think the way that would have to work is it would have to be an iconic character of that particular actor. Like Peter Cushing. I don't know him from anything else except as Tarkin in star Wars. Hmm. See, I grew up watching a lot of old monster movies, and he was, I mean, you know, Lon Chaney and Bela Lugosa and, and Lugosi and Peter Cushing. I mean, he was just thought of in this exact same role. He was a villain before villains, and, and you know, he was the, the good doctor that turned bad, and he was the scientist. I mean, that's what he's famous for. Okay. You know, he's famous for a lot of things, but, <clears throat> you know, he was a long-time legend before this, so, but... Pretty amazing to think about your career, Pete. It's 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 not over. You you might star in movies forever. As a matter of fact, on the way home yesterday, I was passing by the Rosemont Theater, and it's going to be a sold out show coming in early February. The live Michael Jackson show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the live Michael Jackson show. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, you you know, they've already used this technology to make Robert Downey Jr. appear younger in the last uh, Iron Man movie. I have to admit, I didn't see it, but I know they've used it at like Coachella to make like Tupac, uh, you know, appear and stuff along those lines for concerts mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, but technology is only going to improve. However, I will say that I was somewhat disappointed that it didn't look, well, that seems kind of harsh. It was a good representation. I just thought that for the Star Wars universe, which I think of as always going to be a leader in special effects, that a part of me looked at it and said, hmm just not quite right you know yeah kind of good but not quite right so anyways interesting thought there so hey give me your best and give me your worst what was your favorite part of the movie what was your worst part um the worst part for me Mm -hmm. was that cheesy attempt of making darth vader crack a joke 
I, it literally angered me. Like, I was mad when they did that. To use sarcastic humor in Darth Vader. Yeah. More like something they would put in the, the Guardians old, than Earth, in Star the, Wars, yeah, right? Yeah, that was an absolute Guardians move. Right. I mean, in no other area would you ever see Darth Vader say, oh, I don't choke on your ambition. Like, seriously? What were they thinking when they did that? Okay. It was It was horrible. Can you recall him using like, any kind of humor any other time? No. Well, I can't. I, I can't either. Even when Hayden, not as Darth Vader. Yeah. Even when he was developing in, in in the first three prequels, I don't remember him using a lot of humor as a young, you know, a young Anakin. Um, he would be sarcastic to to Obi Wan, but not like humor like that. You know what I mean? Like, but not not like that. Mm-hmm. That. Oh, it was just such a cheap joke. <laughs> I was like, I looked at Missy. I was like. Did they really just do that? She's like, that was the dumbest thing in this entire movie. I'm like, I can't argue with you. Okay. And that, that like, that ticked me off. Give me, okay, let, let's let, let's get you out of this bad move. Give, give me your favorite part there. <laughs> what was your best? Give me the, give me um, the Honestly, I liked some of the, the little Easter eggs that you saw throughout. Like, when you saw Pig Nose from... The cantina scene, yeah, as they're walking through the marketplace. Was that your favorite nod to the old Star Wars movies? Um, yeah, I think so. Okay, you know, it was just kind of that same thing that happened in the bar, where he gets bumped into. Like, hey, yeah, you know, a, he's an angry dude, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He's he's kind of like me, except on a, on a bad day. Um, yeah, it's I I that was probably my favorite nod to the old movies. Um. But like the other, the other thing, my favorite thing was probably when it was said "dark room," and all of a sudden you just see that red lightsaber just, mm-hmm. and that was the first thing you saw, and it was the first time you saw a lightsaber throughout the entire movie, was within the last what four minutes. Hmm. You know what? That's a good point. I, I can't say I paid attention to that. I guess I just assumed I had saw one, but you're right. The use of blasters and a staff. Um, there, yeah, yeah, you're right. There were there were no Jedi's at that point. Well, quote unquote, no Jedi's because of, you know, was it or Order sixty six? Okay, I believe is what it was. You're looking at me, and I've got nothing for you. I know that there were. No, uh, now that I think about it, you're right. There was no Jedi's, and as I'm looking at the list here, there isn't any Jedi's that appear. You know, so um, let me give you my worst and my best. Yeah, I'm, and it's, see this because I know you're a, a, a bigger guardian head, so I, I'm thinking you may have actually enjoyed that little quip from. From Vader, that was kind of Guardian style. No, no, I didn't. It, it, it didn't really, okay. it didn't. It didn't suit his character. You, you know what? There are some characters that need to have sarcastic humor. You know, like like uh, um, Heath Ledger's Joker in Batman. In my mind, is one of the best acting jobs I've ever seen in my life. And his character is absolutely irreplaceable. And you could never think about putting anybody else in that role. And he uses sarcastic humor the entire time, and it fits. But I don't. It's think like that. watching Deadpool. 
I, I, okay, you you, you got to come over. Deadpool is one of those characters that we got to have popcorn and we got to watch the movie. I've never seen Deadpool. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's outstanding. It's not a kid friendly movie though. I understand that. I do understand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to make sure that's said right off the bat. That is that is one for after the kids are in bed. I I heard that from multiple sources. I think you were the first to tell me. But it it is an outs- It's a really good movie. Really really funny. Cool. Lots of action, but. Darth Vader doesn't have humor in his, you know, in my no. mind, as his character, mm-hmm. he is, he should be the representation of what was once good and naive, now evil, very unredeemable until the very last moment of his life's, um, but he shouldn't have sarcastic humor, he should just ooze evil, not yeah. evil infused with humor, so, um, and I'm not even going to talk about the preview, the previews that we, uh, we'll say that for a different show, here was the worst, at least as far as as far as I went. Okay, I shouldn't say the worst, but here was something that turned me off. So when they first demonstrated the power of the Death Star, mm-hmm. and when Director Krennic decided I can blow up the planet, and Tarkin says no, just the you know you know you know the city. When he initially launched the Death Star's you know you know you know devastating force, it seemed like the destruction was on the horizon for about. 20 minutes like you know when you see movies and you see tsunamis and and earthquakes those happen at hundreds of miles an hour and the effects are felt like immediately you know when you see like the meteor strike and like earth like representations of it it's like boom and like devastation reigns supreme that earthquake of impending doom seemed to take forever so much so that it shook the prison they had time for like 17 minutes of like dialogue in the prison to get out and then escape, and it was only upon the escaping that, like, it sped up. Now, conversely, one of the coolest scenes was <laughs> the same scene when the impending doom was happening. It actually looked like a tidal wave of earth and rocks mm-hmm. and boulders, and that was pretty freaking cool to see it actually tidal wave over the top. I, I actually did enjoy that, so that was pretty neat. Um... The best tie-in, actually for me, to the old Star Wars movies occurred in like the first five minutes of the movie. And it's so dorky, and I'm so proud of it. When Jin ran back to her home, and sitting on the counter, they focused on it for about a second, was a pitcher of blue milk. Mm-hmm. Do you remember seeing it? Yeah, I do. Well, I know it's not milk, but there was a blue liquid right there, and I thought to myself... That was really pretty cool. You know, something as dorky as that. It made you feel like you were amongst familiar surroundings. You know? Is that not Bantha Milk? I thought that's what that that was. Oh, you're going to put me in a bad light. I don't know if it is or if it isn't. So for this point, let's say yes. <laughs> it's probably correct. So it's, it's blue milk. It's blue milk. <laughs> but we saw it. it was, I thought to myself that it was pretty cool to see it in a picture, you know? Yeah. So, and, and I enjoyed that. Um, what did you think of the main role, you know, being Diego Luna. What do you think about, about about his portrayal of his character? Um, I think he was a grittier, little more do-what-I-have-to-do for a cause Han Solo. Yeah, he killed As a opposed to a do-what-I-have-to-do for myself Han Solo. I don't see Han Solo shooting a guy in the back. And... That, but that's what I mean. Yeah, I think he would do. Han Solo will do what he has to for himself to do what he has to do to survive. Mm-hmm. 
this, the new character is doing what he has to do for his cause, and I think that's why he's willing to go a little further. Because it's for a cause that he believes so much in. And, you know, I know it's an impossible question to ask you because there's no other option. But what do you think about the casting of, of, of him and his role? You know, with his accent. Because it was intentional that he didn't lose his accent. You know, he, he's obviously an actor and can drop his accent at will. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think about him and his use of his accent in the movie? Um... Did you even notice it, or no? I noticed it. I noticed it was different than everybody else's. I, I, I don't know. It's one of those weird things. Like, there's so many different. That's why it fits, right? Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's so many accents in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, that him having an accent, it just, it seemed absolutely normal to me. So. The... Strange that a lot of people have English accents in that universe, but <laughs> right, you know, great, great Britain returns to power and just takes Apparently, over everything. Right, they become the the superpower. <laughs> so, you know, you're right about that. There was a lot of discussion about having a uh, Hispanic male being the lead, and you, I, I hardly noticed it until afterwards when I was reading the discussion. Because you're right, in my mind, like the Star Wars movies, is that not like the ultimate combination of different races and nationalities and languages. I mean, I really didn't notice it as well, too. It just kind of fit. I mean, heck, two minutes before that, there are death troopers talking in metallicized language you wouldn't ever understand, you know? So if you could mm-hmm. accept that and buy that, then you certainly could accept Diego Luna talking with a Hispanic accent, you know? So that was uh, interesting there. Um Let's talk about another character, if you wouldn't mind. And she wasn't a major character, but she does have a way of impacting the movie. So let's talk about Mon Mothma, where they had, you know, a different character for the last two than in the original, obviously. Um, And she was one of the co-founders of the Rebels. Um, She was played by a woman named Genevieve O'Reilly. And I'll look up who initially, but I know it was different, obviously. What did you think of her character? I mean, how, how close to the original... You know, Caroline Blackiston was the older Mon Matha in the Star Wars movie. What did you think? They looked pretty close, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Like, as far as getting a cast to make you believe, like, not blink an eye, that was, like, right there, right? Mm-hmm. The older Jimmy Smiths, Jimmy, you know, I, I didn't quite believe that character, you know? I mean, I know yeah, he, he aged. Very little, though. Yeah. I mean, if you if you think about the time that had passed between between all of this, mm-hmm. it, it's <laughs> the amount that he aged is kind of a joke. Hmm. What did you think? What did you think about James Earl Jones' Darth Vader voice? Did you find it absolutely correct? No, I didn't either. You could hear his voice had aged. I, I, I think I, they they probably could have tweaked that a little bit in post and and gotten a little a little younger sound out of it. Mm-hmm. It didn't take me out of it, but it was. I did notice it. Hmm. I agree with you. When I heard it, my initial reaction was, "Oh, I'm glad they got James Earl Jones." And then as I listened to him, I thought to myself, hmm. 
It's too bad they got James Earl Jones. Uh, yeah, I wish they hadn't gotten James Earl Jones, you know, because voiceover actors, you know, can be found that are very similar. Yeah. So I was a little disappointed. I, I was initially excited, then I was a little disappointed. So I might be in the minority because I know he has legendary status, uh, you know, as the voice there, but maybe it was just me. I, 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 Something was missing that I wasn't, you know, crazy about, so... What did you think of K2SO? Um, I didn't like him initially. You know what? Uh, the, the use of droids... And, For comic relief? Yeah. I, I don't know. He died... We, we should say this. It's part of the spoilers. Um, darn near everybody in this movie dies at the end. No, no, no. Not darn near. Well, well Tarkin... Everybody... Well, Tarkin didn't. That's why I say that, you know? Tarkin's been dead 30 years. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Sorry, sorry. I know, I know. I, I couldn't help it. I know. All of the all of the main characters of the rebel side, the main characters of the rebel side, they all die. Yeah. And even Krennic dies. Yes. Well, and here's the thing. They all die fantastically heroic deaths. Yep. You know, no one dies in a trivial way or in you know, you know, they all die fantastic K2SO dies in one of the most heroic ways possible. He's a robot, you know? He's a droid, yeah. you know? And so initially, I didn't like him. But as it went on, you know, I, I actually, I grew to like him. I won't say he's my favorite, but I did grow to like him. What did you think? I thought he was a great character. Yeah. Um, Even with his over-the-top humanistic, you know, you know, you know, uh, characteristics? Yes. And, and the reason why is... He reminded me of C-3PO in his responses okay. to a point that C-3PO wouldn't go to. Like, C-3PO had that filter that most of us have in polite society. Mm-hmm. K2SO didn't have that filter. But I always felt like C-3PO's responses were very well thought out and very organized. And one of the parts of K2SO that kind of put me off was, so when he's walking Jin, um, and when he's walking uh, um, Cassie and Endor through, like, the stormtroopers, and he says, where are you going? And he goes, I'm taking these prisoners to prison. And the sentence, it doesn't sound like something a droid would say. You know what I mean? Like, it sounded too humanistic to me. And it right. was, it was, but a droid also isn't programmed to lie. It's true. I, I guess you could see. So it I mean, it's it's an artificial intelligence issue. How, how do you develop the phrase then? And there'll be another fresh one if you <laughs> when, he, when he slapped Diego Luna, you know? Yeah. Well, he apologizes for it after the he, fact too, which I thought was really funny. He, he fit. You know, I I couldn't imagine the character being played any other way because there really isn't another character like that. But um, I, I warmed up to him slowly. I did appreciate him at the end. Um, so let's talk about one or two more things here and we'll cut this one off here. Let's talk about Princess Leia. So she only appears, and again, this is a spoiler. She only appears at the last, what, 30 seconds of the movie, you know, essentially, or or pretty close to it. 30 seconds, 30, 45 seconds, probably. And she's obviously CGI because even at this point to get the 60, 62 was Carrie Fisher's age. I mean, she can't represent 17 years old. You know, yeah, so, no. So, you know, not at this point. 
what did you think? I mean, I know you said disappointed. What about her was disappointing? I mean, people were emotional about seeing her, which I thought was kind of laughable because, well, you kind of knew you were going to see her and you mm-hmm. knew she was going to look very young. To think that it was Carrie Fisher was going to be, you know, full. Yeah. Um, you know, it, her CGI specifically looked very cartoony to me. Her hair's different. Different color. Well, yeah, but not just that. It, it was her her facial complexion, the color of her face was wrong. Her lip color was just not right. Hmm. It, it just, uh, the coloring in general on her was off. And it just really, it, it made it feel very CGI to me. I agree. I, I didn't like her role in this movie. Um, albeit only 30 seconds, but when you saw her, I kind of felt like I was, <laughs> I don't know, like, like like they felt like they had to throw her in. And I didn't think her role was obviously all that meaningful. Uh, I, I mean, I know they had to kind of give her the plans, but they could have given her, they could have given her the plans without actually ever seeing her face. It almost might have been better if you saw her height, her weight, her build, her hair, from the, the white back. the white cloak yeah from the back yeah and if you never saw her face and have someone run up to her and hand her the plans from behind and have her hands take it and have the voice represent but not actually see her face it almost been better if you didn't actually see her as opposed to actually looking at her you know yeah so um wrote a note here for myself I wanted to mention is you know maybe it's just because it's the guy in me one of my favorite parts was when they summoned in the and this is going to be non-linear in our discussion. When they summoned in the Hammerhead uh, spaceship and it rammed the destroyer mm-hmm. and, it, and it pushed the destroyer into the other destroyer and started, you know, uh, ripping off parts of it. I will admit the action sequence at the last 20 to 30 minutes of the movie. Oh, the last 20 to 30 fa- minutes was of the fantastic. movie. It was nonstop and it was fan- It was killer. It was fantastic. And But, uh, you know, the, the guy version of, oh, here's the... Here's the uh, you know you know the the epic war struggle that we're gonna find. It was worth it. You know we saw it. So, um, what do you think about the use of tropical climate? And like it it was odd to see an ATAT that we've <laughs> only ever seen on freezing. Hoth. Yeah, freezing in the middle of like the Florida Keys. It was it was a little odd. Like see stormtroopers on the beach. I think they've used every kind of climate and geographical area like possible. They've used frozen, they've used desert, they've used tropical, they use under the sea, they use space. I think they've used every kind of geography they possibly could. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point. Um I mean I do I understand like the beaches and stuff like that being back like uh, harking back to like World War Two. Mm-hmm. And I know in a New Hope, they actually modeled the trench run off of some World War II footage. Hmm. But it was still kind of odd to see stormtroopers at the beach. Okay, so, Pete, i got to be honest. If I'm, if I'm part of uh, the Imperial Alliance, I'm setting up my base in a tropical climate as well, too. Really? In that hot armor? <laughs> I'm digging it. As opposed to freezing. Are you kidding me? 
Yeah, I'll well, I'm not saying I want to get stationed at Hoth, but I'm not. I'm not really looking to go sweat my myself to death either. I have to believe there's some kind of cooling mechanism in those suits. You know, I want to see palm trees when I'm taking over the the universe. I want to see palm trees and beaches, just like that. That's like the retirement gig, right? You know, no doubt. So, give me your. Uh, let's wrap this monster up here. Give me your. Uh, give me your your rating. If 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 zero was, I'll never watch it again. And ten was, it was my favorite. Give me your ranking. It's, it's a solid eight. It's a solid eight. Yeah. Okay, then where does it fit in the uh, in, in in the Star Wars saga? Which movies are better and which movies are worse? Are you going to say just the original trilogy and the old trilogy? Is that your thought? Or um, I'm going to go. Empire, New Hope. Empire Force. is your favorite, huh? It is, it is. So so that's why I struck such a nerve with the Empire Guardians discussion. Okay. Very yeah. Good. Very good, okay. You, you picked the wrong movie. Uh, <laughs> Empire, New Hope, Awakens, Rogue, Jedi. Really? Yeah. Well, why is the Jedi so low? Is it the Ewoks? Well, it is. It's the Ewoks. It's the It's the... <laughs> I mean, really? We're going to have teddy bears sitting there running around with bows and arrows, killing people with laser blasters? Okay. Eh, hard to believe. Gotcha. And uh, Awakens, I'm sorry, remind me again, Awakens or Rogue One? Um, Awakens over Rogue One. Oh, I agree there, too, as well. So, all right. But not by much. I, I really liked Rogue One, but... Are you looking forward, then, to the next standalone with Han Solo? You know that one I'm having a little more trouble with. Okay. Um, because for me Han Solo is always going to be Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Especially since they've cast uh, I saw the who- same actor for Lando Calrissian. I, how are you going to have him play Lando and then not have the original Han Solo? You know what I mean? I saw Woody Harrelson was just added to the cast. As who? I don't know. I just saw this the other day. He was added to the cast. Tallahassee. It's going to be different. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anyone caught that one. If you caught that one, let me yeah, know. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> All right. So, just need some Twinkies. Just need some Twinkies. On a side note, it's one of the one of the... Funniest movies I think I've seen in a long time. That movie as well, too. So we'll leave it unnamed. <clears throat> All right. So let's wrap this up, my friend. So if you're uh, if you're listening, we appreciate it. Um, if you want to contact Peter, myself, go to our Facebook page, the WW Review. We also have our own accounts by our names. Um, we still have a gigantic, right, Pete? A gigantic prize pack to give away. Yeah. So in the next few weeks, also, I will say this much, in addition to that, I picked up some really cool items at Disneyland, and that trip report's coming. Um, I've got a really cool trip report there, and I bought some stuff actually at the Disney outlet stores in Florida, so we've got a bunch of awesome giveaways. Pete, I'm looking at them right now, as a matter of fact. I've got some sliders for your Magic Bands. Um, actually picked up a bunch of these, and these are attraction sliders. So I'm looking at a Spaceship Earth and Figment Magic Slider right here in front of you. 
Um, looking at Haunted Mansion, looking at Tower of Terror, looking at Dumble Ride and Small World. So these will all be giveaways in the next few weeks. So make sure you unless stay tuned. Unless I find that magic or that uh, unless, Haunted Mansion one laying around. Unless you case, come... That one won't end up getting given away. <laughs> all right. I don't know. That one may get lost. You never know. Somewhere. That package will have two out of three, not three out of three. <laughs> all right, brother. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. And, um,. Again, if you uh, have a chance, please go to iTunes, leave us a review. We greatly appreciate this. Um, So, again, thank you, and have a great day. See you, everybody. The Dub D Dub Review Podcast is proud to have two great sponsors, the Magic for Less Travel Agency and the Theme Park Brothers. The Magic for Less is an authorized Disney vacation planner. Let the agents for the Magic for Less, including our very own Laura Fitzpatrick, help take care of the important details like dining reservations, fast pass planning, and discount checking to ensure that your next Disney vacation will create memories to last a lifetime. Plus, their services are completely free. You pay nothing and can benefit from their years of knowledge and experience. More information can be found on themagicforless.com. We've also partnered up with the Theme Park Brothers. Michael, Jordan, Cameron, and Christina Black have some of the nicest quality Orlando attraction videos on YouTube. Subscribe and check out their latest videos, which are sure to keep you entertained, as well as keep you informed of all the latest changes to the Walt Disney World Resort. Search for the Theme Park Brothers on Facebook and YouTube, and at Theme Park Boys on Twitter.